Do you have concern, maybe even fear, about eating carbs after bariatric surgery? You don't want to regain weight from all of your hard work. Well, grab your digital notepad. Coming up, you'll want to add these 15 tasty, bariatric-friendly carbs to your meals. They're back. Calcium Dark Chocolate Bars, a ProCare Health customer favorite. Now available online at ProCareNow.com. Creamy chocolate plus calcium and vitamin D. You'll love them too. Use code SUSAN10 to save 10%. Hi, I'm registered dietitian nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell, ex-radio dietitian turned podcaster. You're listening to the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast, episode number 132. Are you tired of the hype, tired of the confusion when it comes to nutrition, especially bariatric nutrition? Eat this food. No, don't eat that food. We'll take this magical supplement. Skip certain meals. Try this diet to reset your pouch. Well, heck, just do a detox. It's enough to make you say, forget about it. I don't know what to do. Well, I do. I know what to do. It matters where you get your nutrition information. When it comes to your bariatric surgery, nutrition is specific. So let's cut through the hype. Let's get to the accurate information that you want simple strategies that will work in your life. I want you to feel well, get out there and do the things you want to do. You're in the right place. I'm glad you're listening. Are you receiving the weekly newsletter, Breaking Down Nutrition? You'll be the first to know about product specials, helpful tips, the latest podcasts, and upcoming interviews that you don't want to miss, like today's episode with Gail and Isabel. Sign up today on my website breakingdownnutrition.com. Speaking of what you don't want to miss, do you often feel hungry and would like to be a little more satisfied after you eat? In two weeks, I'll be talking about bariatric-friendly foods that help fill you up. Joining me are your expert bariatric dietitians, Isabel and Gail, who in their clinical practices have their fingers on the pulse of the most up-to-date information. Isabel Maples is a bariatric coordinator at UVA Health in Haymarket, Virginia. Gail Smith is the bariatric dietitian at the Weight Loss and Bariatric Surgery Institute here in Orlando. You can find both Isabel's and Gail's contact information in the show notes. Hello, Isabel. Hello, Gail. Hey, Susan. Susan. Oh, those carbs, the macro you love to hate. Actually, the three of us, we love carbs. So let me be a little pickier than that. We love smart carbs, those carbohydrates that are high in fiber and nutrition and low in sugar. In fact, if you missed it, go back and listen to episode number 127. Can you really eat carbs? I'll put the link in the show notes. Gail, Isabel, and I answer a lot of your questions. We share why you can eat them and why it's important to have carbs in your diet. Bottom line, after bariatric surgery is what type of carbs and how much you eat. And today, we're getting even more specific and we're sharing 15 of our favorite bariatric friendly carbs, how to prep them, use them in your meals. Remember, we want to focus on smart carbs. What are those again? 
You got it. Carb choices, high in fiber and nutrition, and low in sugar. So Gail, you start us off. What is your first bariatric-friendly carb choice that you use? Well, Susan, how about spaghetti squash noodles with a marinara sauce? Yeah. This um, spaghetti squash noodle recipe can actually be made ahead of time with or without this sauce and be frozen in small portions for up to six months in the refrigerator. So you can pre-portion it. Isn't that smart? Yeah. Okay. So Mm -hmm. frozen in the freezer. Correct. Yeah. yeah, not in the fridge, right? Right, right. Okay. Frozen, unless you're going to eat it sooner, you could f- put it in the fridge for a few days. Okay. Okay. And this recipe is one of our friendly carb choices with the spaghetti squash. And they really do taste good and are good for your body. And the fiber can even help you with your weight loss goals, which is awesome. Spaghetti squash is high in vitamin C. It's also a good source of vitamin A uh, antioxidants that help with your immune health, which we'll be talking about a lot today, I'm sure. And vitamin K, which helps with blood blood clotting and is a fairly good source of fiber, which we all need. You know, the immune health thing keeps coming up over and over. So it's really Mm -hmm. nice when we can pinpoint these foods like these noodles. But a lot of people look at the spaghetti squash in the store and they go, what the heck do you do with this? So they're actually a lot easier to prepare than you think. So talk about that. How do you cook yours? Yeah, if you haven't done it, you should. It's very easy. Preheat an oven for 400 degrees or you actually could use a microwave or even a, I think, um, um, what are those things called now? The pressure cookers that are now called Instapots. Insta- Instapots. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so if you can use those too. But if you are using the oven, uh, prepare a rimmed pan and, with foil, I always do. And then cut the squash lengthwise and remove the seeds with a fork or spoon and the soft flesh comes out. Spray your pan uh, lightly with like some spray pan or very small amounts of oil and place that cut side down on the baking sheet for like 30 to 35 minutes until fork tender. Then cook for about, um, cool, excuse me, cool for about 15 minutes, then use a fork to now make the spaghetti, the fun part. You just make the strands by scraping it uh, with a fork into a bowl, and there you have your spaghetti squash. You know, people always wonder, how does it turn out looking like noodles? But it truly is. When yeah, it's tender it's, and you're holding it and you use that fork and you start scraping it out, it does look like little strands of noodles. Yes, and it is so like magic. Yeah. And then you can prepare a marinara sauce while the squash is cooking, or you can open up a a lower fat marinara sauce already prepared. I like to use like grape tomatoes cut in half and cook them in a large nonstick skillet with a small amount of oil and other veggies like some garlic and herbs or maybe some chopped up, you know, bell peppers or whatever you like, anything, mushrooms, anything. Cook stirring until I I think that the tomatoes have released enough juice and it's liquidy enough. I'll just toss it in with the spaghetti squash with some Parmesan Romano or even some nice feta cheese. Or you can add another protein choice like some shrimp or some chicken or some lean ground meats mixed in and whatever you like. Half a cup is about 
80 calories, two grams of protein, but then you'd have to add your protein grams from your protein, which would be nice, and only about eight grams of carb. Uh, it's a it's a great way to do it. I'm a big noodle fan too, and I use a lot of the plant based pasta. And I know that yes. you're listening all over the world. The plant based protein pasta. Let me be specific. And the brands do vary depending where you live in the U S. and where you are around the world. But here in Florida, we have a brand called Barilla, and they have a protein plus penne. And it has a really classic pasta taste to me. But my favorite part is that in addition to that wheat flour of typical pasta, it includes lentil, chickpea, and spelt flours. And together, to me, they have a, a great taste, a lot more fiber, and a long list of nutrition benefits like folate and iron, thiamine, and of course, the protein that's coming from the chickpeas and the lentil. So just like you were saying, Gail, you can add meat to your marinara. Yes, nice. And, uh, add cheese. cheese. So mm. I, I do my pasta. This is something, this is a real go-to in our house. I do a lot of this plant-based pasta. I'll use a canned marinara or jarred marinara like you were talking about. And just depending what I'm doing, how much time, it might just be Parmesan cheese, but typically I'll have a, some grilled chicken and I'll tend to freeze some ahead and keep it ready or shrimp. And again, about a half a cup portion size. But you know, I'm always hesitant to really be a stickler with portion size because we've really learned that depending on where you are from your surgery and also how hard yes. you work out and what Absolutely. type of exercise you're doing, mm -hmm. I don't want you to just get stuck on this amount. It really has to fit in with with what you're doing. Don't you agree, Isabel? Oh, I definitely agree. And my tip is to, you know, eat slowly, pause between bites, chew well, you're slowing down to enjoy your food. And then you can stop at that first sign of fullness, because that's always where you're most comfortable. And I think we forget about something you just said, enjoyment of food. After surgery, food is not, mm. it, it, food is, yes, it's your healing, it's helping you heal. But at some point, it's, it's about good food and meals mm -hmm. that you enjoy, real food that you learn how to cook. And that's why we're talking so much today about what we each do so that you can say, hey, I can do that carb. I didn't know that. And that's bariatric friendly. And if you have a family, my family can love this. So what, what are you doing on your your side, Isabel? What's exciting but what exciting carb is on your menu? Well, while we're talking pasta, which most of my patients <laughs> tell me, you know, the, the actual pasta is often very heavy and doesn't feel very comfortable, especially the first six months or so after surgery and maybe even years. So spiralized noodles, known as zoodles, zoodles. is another <laughs> alternative. You know, they can Big hit, like maybe uh, 20, 10 years ago or something like that. Right. But here's right. why to look at them again, if you've forgotten about them. Most families do have a pasta night, and zoodles will allow you to join in instead of missing out. And, and yet, a, a full cup of spiralized noodles has just about five grams of carbohydrate, maybe 20 calories. And you can adjust the portion size depending on what works for you and what else you're serving with the meal. But you're spiralizing these, these zucchini squash, um, or yellow squash or carrots or lots of different vegetables being spiralized, spiralized with a special machine called a spiralizer. Uh, you can get one for 20 to 40 bucks, depending on how fancy you want to get one. But you can also use a vegetable peeler, 
a box grater, or a knife to make your own veggie noodles. Or you can even buy Zoodles already made in the produce section. They're prepped for you and ready to go when you are. Yeah, I, I see them in ours a lot. Uh, a zucchini, all they'll see, and various different ones in mm-hmm. bags already zoodled up, ready for you to go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that makes it real easy. <laughs> it makes it very, very easy. And, you know, sometimes depending on the type of food processor that you have, you might want mm-hmm. to look at the blades because yes. there are some blades mm-hmm. that might let you do it that way as well. Or a mandolin. It may, not, it may be thicker. Yeah, or mm-hmm. a mandolin. They may be thicker, but... yeah. That's okay. It, That's okay too. Here's the thing. These zoodles are going to be very mild flavor. So the sauce that you put on them is be- going to become the star of the show. Like you can use them just as a side dish, but you can use them in place of pasta with the pasta sauce as well. Agreed. They need to kick up a little. Okay. And speaking of more pastas, I'm a pizza fan. Gail, tell us flatbreads, bariatric friendly flatbreads. Oh, yeah, just the best. I mean, flatbreads are awesome. I love them. And you can put all kinds of toppings on them. Flatbreads or or thin crust pizzas are more like crackers than bread. And they're very crispy and crunchy yum. And a lot of my patients really even prefer the crackers over bread as they're learning to eat again and like for a lifetime, too. You could use a healthier healthier whole grain crust or cauliflower crust to make your flatbreads or thin crust pizzas, but whatever you want. And then add your lower carb veggies like the ratatouille veggies like eggplant, zucchini, yellow squash, again, your mushrooms and those sliced grape or any kind of little cherry tomatoes or regular tomatoes chopped up. With the added herbs, like I love to add fresh basil, and a lot of times I'll add it at the very end before I eat it. But sometimes, mm-hmm. if it's a dried basil, I'll put it on while it cooks and a little. I really think it needs that, yeah. that flavor. You want to add those herbs, whether fresh or dried, to, to give it, like you were just saying, extra flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can cook the veggies first, or you can just put them on the crust with the mozzarella cheese, or some people like to use the ricotta. I used that this weekend. Ricotta, part skim milk ricotta with a little lemon zest. I love to zest lemons and limes. They just add so much more flavor to your cheeses or your your product. And then a little juice, and you put it on first, then you put on your veggies you make. Add a little more Parmesan, Romana, whatever, and you pop it in the oven about 450 degrees, nice and hot, and then cook it maybe 10 minutes. That's all you need, depending on your oven. And um, there you have it. The trick is just watching the amount of oil you use to make the crust or to put with your veggies. Use the smallest amount you can. You know, you just mentioned one of the veggies that I love for your pizzas. In fact, my next uh, smart carb choice, very bariatric friendly, mushrooms. And people forget about mushrooms, they're, but they're fat-free, mm. low mm. sodium, low calorie, low carb. What's not to love? Exactly. But you always think, well, they must, if they're low in all that, they must be low in nutrition. And actually, that's not the case. But get this, one half a cup sliced mushrooms, eight did you hear that? Eight calories. Wow. And that's all. And they contain copper, selenium, riboflavin, potassium, and more. So they're a source of nutrition. But here's what else they have most people aren't aware of. They're actually a source of prebiotics and phytonutrients. And if you're thinking, I've heard that word, 
phytonutrient. What is it? It's the naturally occurring plant nutrients that have health benefits beyond basic nutrition to the body. One type is called polyphenols. And you may have even heard that with wine and chocolate. That's other places you'll hear it. So you can add these polyphenol-rich mushrooms to your marinara with the spaghetti sauce noodles to the zoodles, along with the zoodles, or to top your flatbed uh, flatbed, flatbread <laughs> pizza. <laughs> but uh, I also use them in omelets and scrambled eggs any time of day. I like breakfast during the day and of course salads. And if you haven't tried Bella mushrooms, I highly recommend. They have a, I'm a fan of their meat texture. In yeah. fact, last night nice. I made, I made sloppy joes. So mm. if you have a Costco near you, they carry an organic beef. I found and I chopped uh, and added a lot of Bella mushrooms not just for the nutrition and the flavor, but to extend the amount of sloppy joes that I made because right now everything is so costly and mushrooms, it can be really good on the budget. Definitely. So think about mushrooms too. Okay, Isabel, what next for you? Oats are going to get my next vote. Now, experts, I mean, we think of oatmeal and we think of fiber. Experts recommend that half our grains be whole grains, not just for the fiber, but for the extra vitamins, minerals, and disease-fighting phytonutrients that whole grains provide. (laughs) So one of the fibers in oats is beta-glucan. It's a soluble fiber that gels up and it lowers cholesterol, it stabilizes blood sugar and supports our immune systems. And oats are have a unique group of antioxidants that help fight um, diseases that could happen in the body too, and, and especially ones for heart disease with oats. And so that's why you always hear about oats and heart health as well. But oats can go savory, like turn in steel coat cooked oats and into risotto the way you would use rice normally to make a risotto. You can... You know what? I, I think this is the greatest idea. I haven't done it, but I'm going to because risotto rice is, uh, it's very white rice. So there's no fiber and it's very, it can be very gummy after you have cooked it for 20, 30 minutes yes, in your, yes. uh, in, in your, um, whatever kind of broth you're using, vegetable or chicken, whatever. So in this case, it's still going to get soft, just like it, but you're going to have, you still have the beta glucan, mm-hmm. you have the fiber and all the benefits. I think this is just a great idea. And rice is something that a lot of patients tell me is just too much for them right after surgery. So this gives them an alternative, but you can add it to broth. You can put the Parmesan cheese mm-hmm. or other cheeses in it. You could put in mushrooms. You could put in other vegetables like butternut squash, maybe some spinach or thin strips of kale. So it can really bump up the a way of getting extra vegetables. It can be a meal in, in one if you want it to be. Lots of flavor. Now, obviously, oatmeal right. is, is another way you could do it. And for me, it's been an easy make ahead breakfast where I literally do sort of like an overnight oats, just like super simple, where I just literally pour milk over my oats, soak them by just putting them in the refrigerator overnight, maybe throw in some seeds like chia seeds. Maybe I add some nuts to it. Um, when I get ready to microwave it, um, I'll, I'll usually like mine warm and then I might throw some blueberries on it. So some versatility is super quick and easy. If I forget to make something the night before, I could do this in a minute or so in the morning. 
Right. So oats, oatmeal does not have to be bland, boring oatmeal. In other words, there are a lot of things you can do with yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and you really get a mix of flavors because, you know, by not yeah. just being a bowl of oatmeal, but you've had fruit and you've had nuts or seeds to it too. I think that, Gail, people are afraid of grains when, you know, they hear because they're carbs. And I think one of the reasons today we're trying to talk a lot about these different grains that you can use. And you have two that you use a lot that you think are very bariatric friendly. Yes, Susan. I've been using bulgur wheat since college days, believe it or not. It was one of my my, uh, projects that I had to research. So bulgur wheat is a great grain to make as a side or as a main entree, like with the bowls that are so popular now where you put rice as the main bottom part of your bowl, but you could use the bulgur wheat. You, again, could use cauliflower rice. But the bulgur wheat adds the protein um, with added protein to it, like some garbanzo beans or black beans or even chicken or veggies, like in a bowl. Uh, Red cabbage, green peppers, tomatoes, lettuce. I even put lettuce on my bowl or spinach or arugula that's very tender. But the bulgur wheat is so easy to make by just adding, if it's kind of more um, kind of steel cut, you can actually just add boiling hot water to it and let it sit for a while and it's ready. But some recipes call for it to be cooked for about 10 minutes with the water on low heat and then drain it in a drainer. Uh, strainer, I should say, and then add to your bowl. And you can chill it a little bit or add this products, other products to it while it's warm and then chill it or serve it hot, however you like it. I always add just a tiny bit of olive oil to it for flavor and a little bit of chopped mint leaves I, mint leaves I like. Or you could just do the parsley or do a little of both, uh, salt, pepper, and a small amount of white balsamic vinaigrette. I like the mm. white. Tins- Ooh, that sounds really mm-hmm. t- yes. tasty. And yes. Yeah. Bulker wheat's uh, budget friendly too, as it I recall. It is very mm-hmm. It's a good grain. Yeah. So I'm always looking for ways to, you know, cut the budget right now with food costs so high. And But yeah, make things that are tasty and that mm-hmm. the family's going to enjoy. And they wouldn't even know this is bulgur wheat in there. If no, you're, thinking. People are you're gonna right. Go, oh, no, they're it, not. It just looks like with oatmeal. They're not going to know when you start adding flavor and such. Mm-hmm. And garlic onion, if you want. All of that. And the frica is um, just a younger grain, and it tends to have a nuttier uh, roasted grain taste to it. It is definitely like bulgur. It is traditionally Middle Eastern, and both, and even I think part of Africa parts uh, use it. And both bulgur and frica are sources of protein, calcium, magnesium, and the, and you know, the uh, zinc, the great grains. Yeah, that's what's so nice about these whole grains. They have just a plethora of vitamins mm-hmm. and minerals added to it, which is wonderful. Well, I actually use a, a carbs that scare people also, <laughs> the ground flaxseed and wheat germ. And you're probably thinking, no way you use this. Actually, I use either one or one or the other on a daily basis. And I say ground flax because when it is ground, you get all the nutritional benefits plus the fiber. And ground flax, like oatmeal, helps to lower cholesterol. It contains fiber and iron. And one tablespoon, which is actually a nice amount of flax, is only 40 calories and two grams of carbs. Now you're thinking, why? What do I want to add flax for? Well, 
you get this nutritional punch. I put it in my protein smoothies almost every single morning. I get the punch of the nutrition and the cholesterol-lowering benefits. Plus, I like these nutty flavors of these whole grain products. So, But you can do a lot with it. You can sprinkle it on high-protein yogurt. You can sprinkle it on salads or fruit or high-protein hot cereal, whatever. And then I alternate with wheat germ. And you're thinking, well, why? Because I love the nutty mm-hmm. taste. And again... 30 calories for a tablespoon and four grams of carbs. So you have the fiber, iron, zinc, phosphorus, all these things we're talking about. They really are like a little nutrition who's who. And I like that for one tablespoon for either one, I really punch up my yeah. nutrition. Excellent. So Gail, we can't talk carbs without <laughs> beans Beans, I'll yeah. stop there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, one of the reasons that you want beans, besides being good for your heart, is protein. And you get about 15 grams of protein in a cup. So you can adjust your portion size as you need to. Um, and another reason is fiber. And here's why you want to talk about fiber. After weight loss surgery, what do dietitians say? Protein, protein, protein. Well, many protein foods are low fiber. And do the math. If you add high fiber to low, no, high protein to low fiber, what are you going to get? Constipation. Exactly. <laughs> so beans as part of your daily diet can be a, or even occasional diet. I mean, can still be beans to the rescue. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) White navy beans contain about 20, I mean, 10 grams of fiber for just a half cup. And yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's that's some good fiber. While, and after surgery, your goal might be 15 grams for the whole day. So that's a big chunk right there. Um, a half a cup of black beans gives you about 14 grams of fiber. So you've got a white bean, you've got a black bean, and lots of colors in between with different beans because all those different colors give you phytonutrients, which are the compounds that give plant products their color. And that in itself can help to fight disease. Now, we we Absolutely. know about beans for fiber, but let me tell you also it's the minerals in it that I recommend. Potassium, magnesium are two minerals that Americans don't get enough of. Both of them are crucial for blood pressure control. Magnesium helps um, in the body make proteins and bone and stabilizes blood sugar. And there's as much potassium in half a cup of beans as there is in a banana. If you're, yeah, that's impressive. That's, and I I just love too that food. I mean, I, yes, I am really big about how food tastes and I think it's so important to enjoy your meals, but I also love how they work in synergy to do things like Mm -hmm. stabilize blood glucose or Mm -hmm. lower blood pressure naturally. Such great well, a lot benefits. of people don't want to necessarily serve beans as a side dish. So if you're kind of skittish about beans, I find soup is a great way to add more beans to your diet. 
Senate soup is a, a mild, easy one. It's got carrots. You could Google it. That Senate soup, carrots, onions, navy beans, traditionally like was served in the Senate cafeteria. And that's why it's called that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Mediterranean soup with chickpeas and sweet potatoes and bell peppers and carrots, or even just chili with tomatoes and black beans or pinto or kidney beans. Lots of choices with soups. I do beans almost on a weekly basis in a quesadilla. I use a whole wheat uh, tortilla with black beans and then cheese and vegetables. And that is so super fast in a skillet on this stove. I feel that beans are so underutilized. They're budget friendly. I'm, t- I'm stuck on budget today, right? Yeah. Pro- <laughs> the protein health benefits. Okay. Okay. I know gas, but your body, <laughs> your yes, body gets used to definitely. them after a while and you don't have the problems. Yeah, with the definitely. Gas, right. And most across the world, most cuisines have some type of beans and peas. So by exploring some different recipes is kind of a fun way to mix up the cuisine that you're experiencing as well. I love it. And speaking of that, Gail, you're going to tell us one that also is a great recipe. Yes. And it goes well with beans as, as a complementing the proteins, mm-hmm. right? From the old right. Indian days, the beans with the corn. So equites, fresh corn salad or hot corn salad with feta cheese or any other kind of shredded cheese or chicken makes a great meal. Um But I like to talk about corn because a lot of us as bariatric patients are almost afraid to try corn because we tell you it may be harder to tolerate in the beginning after surgery. But some of the white corn um, and more tender corns may be a little easier for the bariatric patient to tolerate. At what point do you usually suggest that? Usually I wait until... You know, it could be phase three soft diet, but usually it's phase four, which is about six weeks. That, weeks. That's about what I said. Lifetime diet. Said, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that what you think? Great. Yeah. But it's so popular. The street corn uh, is a popular item, but it is very in the food trucks, mm-hmm. you know, it's offered along with some of the beans, but it tends to be very high in fat, high in calories, but you can actually make it quite tasty by lowering the fat and calories by replacing like the mayonnaise with a non-fat Greek plain yogurt or using uh, less oil added to it. And equites means off the cob. So you can shave it off the cob and mix it into like this little salad in a bowl, which is easier for people to eat if they have dentures or problems with getting it caught in their teeth. The recipe. Absolutely. Yeah. And the recipe that I kind of found and have tried is very easy and starts by just roasting or blackening the corn carefully under the broiler, or I prefer in a hot skillet and add a little other products, ingredients like fresh squeezed lime juice, a mild chili, perhaps like the Serrano chilies, and you seed them to take the spice out or leave a bit in if you want it spicier. Your chopped up cilantro, which I love the cotilla cheese, or again, the feta cheese, the the cotilla cheese is more of a Mexican cheese and lighter amounts of it are fine in this recipe. And I also like to add again, your black beans, like you were talking about Mm -hmm. ladies, 
And you have a meal yeah. or grilled chicken. And an interesting tip is that corn is a good source of lutein. And xenanthanin, which is a phyto, both of our phytonutrients that are linked to the reduced risk of cataracts and also macular degeneration, which this is good to know. As we age, these can become problems with our eyes. Mm-hmm. So, Sure, absolutely. And serving size about what? quarter to a third cup or a little more half cup and leaving rooms for some protein, depending on the size of your pouch or your sleeve. And the calories with the lightened version are down to 60 to 100 calories without the protein and a little bit of fiber, you know, the depending on the type of the corn. I like really to use the frozen white corn that mm-hmm. you can buy, you know, cheaper. Oh, nice. And then okay, it's always great there. Idea. Mm-hmm. Well, my last carb to share today that I love, and again, keep these in the pantry, medjool dates. Medjool dates, they, they satisfy my sweet tooth. They have that natural mm-hmm. sweetness that um, to me is kind oh, of a yes. caramel taste, plus fiber, potassium, magnesium, all good for blood pressure, Yay. just like we've been talking about beans. And portion size, one med- medjool date is about 65 calories and 17 grams of carbs, so a little higher in carbs because of the, the natural sugar. But they also contain phytonutrients, lutein and zeanth zeaxanthine, like Gail just said, for your eyes, just like corn. So another benefit. You wouldn't think that looking mm-hmm. at a medjool day, right? But they do. So here's how I do with them for a snack. I toast a favorite nut. I, I like to use walnut halves or pecan halves. And then I just slice the date open end to end longwise and stuff it with either a pecan half or a, a walnut half. And sometimes I'll put a little sliver of Parmesan cheese in there too, if I have it. That makes a great mm. snack to go with you. And then for the holidays, I actually melt good quality dark chocolate and I'll dip oh, one end mm. of the stuffed date with its nuts in there into the chocolate and then let it cool. Makes a, a neat little gift as well. Good for us. And, and oh yeah, I so always love to have dates. And, it, and my coworker recently introduced me to the idea of stuffing the date with a little dollop of peanut butter. So that would go well too. Yeah. Ooh, yum. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to try that one Excellent. Next. Okay. <laughs> and last well, on your I'm going to end with a sweet note with mangoes. Mangoes just kind of transport me to the tropics, even though they're always available. Uh, right. I, I mean, you know, it's not a certain time <laughs> of the year that you have to have them because there's one variety or the other. It's always fresh in the grocery store or always frozen in the freezer section. And you don't, when I found out that I don't even have to learn how to peel them or have to peel them to enjoy them, it was a game changer for me. Um, and Susan's going to have a video um, to, and some tips on that in the show notes. But I just hold it longwise and cut about a third of it longwise on either side of the mango. That avoids that large seed right in the middle. And then... Right. I take each section and I put it cut side up and skin side down and I'll take like even a butter knife and slice it or dice it and without going through into the peel itself. And then you can either turn it inside out or you can just take a spoon, rub it around the edge and the mango just pops out that easily into dices for you (laughs) and slices. 
Yeah, and I'm telling, <laughs> I'm telling you that information is gold because yes. when you look and and I'll again and you, I'll put from uh, the Mango organization into the show notes. When you learn how to cut them, you'll start buying them. People look at them and go, "I'd like to have mango, yeah. but well, I don't know what to do with it." And it's easy; it truly is. And once you see it, you'll go, oh, "I love to dice them up um, in a small dice into a salsa and put them over broiled fish, or I slice it and put it in salad." or black beans go in there well too and or I'll blend it in, into a smoothie yummy mostly all of these it. are good well yeah. <laughs> you just like it I love it uh, as always thank you I appreciate your time this is so helpful it's really great to know that carbs we can have carbs you can have carbs after surgery it's choosing the right bariatric friendly one. So thank you both of you for yes, your time today. Always a joy. Oh, you're welcome. Always learn something. Yay. Well, these 15 bariatric friendly carb ideas are delicious. They're healthy and they fit the smart carb criteria of high fiber and nutrition and low sugar. You don't need to give up carbs but instead be smart about your choices. So this week, decide to try one or two of these 15 carbs that we've talked about. Let me know how they work for you. Remember, you are worth it. Bariatric Surgery Success with Dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell is produced and owned by Practicalories, LLC. All rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host, Dr. Susan Mitchell, or Practicalories, LLC.